Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kevin Johnson program where creativity lives in South Florida. Here we talk about or we introduce the stories of individuals in the creative community here. You can find us on anchor.fm forward slash Kev John Pro. Once again, that's anchor.fm forward slash Kev John Pro. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. So I'd like to introduce my next guest at this time. And uh, this is going to be a treat because I owe him. Unfortunately, I was unable to attend his uh, going away party. He has now relocated to the place where he was born and raised. And we'll talk a little bit about that as well. So I'd like to welcome Mr. Tony Thompson to the program. Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to speak with me, sir. Uh, how I know Mr. Thompson is that he gave me my first ever compensated role in local theater. The play was Blues for an Alabama Sky. Let me make sure I get that correct. It was written by Pearl Kleeg. It was produced by the Vinette Carroll Repertory Company. And this was, I want to say, 20 years ago. Um, so... I've always, um, go, I always like to go back to my past and I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for the people that paved the way before me. So I know that I've already uh, said I appreciate you giving me an opportunity, but once again, I want to say on record, thank you for giving a young uh, aspiring actor uh, a, a professional start in local theater. So thank you, sir. Thank you. That's what my life and career has been all about, uh, helping to inspire uh, and train uh, future actors, directors, playwrights. Of course. So we've actually are going in, we're actually in full circle. You actually have come full circle. Circle. So... Tell us a little bit about, of course, like you, like we said before, you've relocated back to the place where you were born and raised, which is Greensboro, North Carolina. So how, like for instance, how did you get your start in the arts? Was it back, back home in Greensboro? It certainly was. And it was at my home church. Uh, I grew up in my mother's church called Skeen's Chapel. Uh, and they had a very active youth uh, theater uh, program. You know, we started the holiday uh, poems and recitations, but then uh, we start doing short plays, and the plays got longer. And uh, because of my gifts in that area, uh, my part was always one of the leading parts in the. Uh, Mm. And that, so that's where I got my start, in church. Okay. Isn't that amazing? Uh, so did the clergy or did the uh, committee like encourage you to uh, venture out and pursue this through, for instance, the school performing arts programs? Not really. I just naturally, uh, in high school, I became a member of the Dudley Thespians. Uh, and, uh, yeah. 
my first play in high school was uh, January Thaw, and I played an attorney in that play. And then from there uh, to college, I went to my freshman year, I matriculated at Winston-Salem State Teachers College in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which is now where uh, biannually they have the Black Theater Festival every other year. Okay. And theater companies from all over the world, black theater companies, come there and participate. They have participation from countries as, such as Africa, Jamaica, uh, London, uh, and then, of course, all over the United States, uh, companies come. All right. Uh, it's very interesting. Very interesting. Now, who supports the uh, National Black Theater Festival? Is it supported by the state? Is it supported by the city of Winston-Salem? By both. It's heavily uh, supported by the city of Winston-Salem and the Cultural Arts Council there. And, uh, and of course, you know, uh, Winston-Salem uh, was the center of cigarette production for years. And Haynes Hosiery. Uh, company is headquartered there, and they're very uh, heavily involved in supporting the arts. So that's where the ter- that's where the cigarette Salem lights come from, Winston Salem, right. North Carolina. Yeah, Winston and Salem cigarettes. Yes. Okay. Uh, All right. That's a that's an interesting fact. Thank you. Thank you for oh, that. Yes. You're welcome. So. Did you? Really? Now, was this, is this a regional production, a Broadway production, off Broadway? Do you know? Glad to see that that play is still moving about. So yes. it's a it's it was an interesting piece all about uh, the denizens of Harlem of the day. Um, I played a gay fashion designer who dreamed about uh, clothing Josephine Baker, and my best friend was a <laughs> uh, a lady by the name of Angel, <laughs> but she was no angel. Let's let's leave it at that. <laughs> but um i wanted to basically find a connection of how did you make it down further south how did you make it down to south florida what what made you come down here well uh when i graduated from the university of north carolina at greensboro which used to be woman college but in 1964 they started allowing men to attend the previously all-girls school Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in 1964, I went there, transferred from Winston-Salem State there, and I majored in business administration and economics. Uh, also, a very important uh, fact, the UNCG also had an annual visit for the National Theater Repertory Company. 
I got to see productions uh, with major theater people like Sylvia Sidney uh, and those type of actresses who had international fame. Hmm. Uh, they also had a theater major in that college. And I was in most of the productions uh, while there those three years. So okay. I had a lot of experience uh, there at UNCG. So I graduated in 1967, and my first job was with R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company in their marketing research department. And with that job, I had the opportunity to travel all over the country testing uh, different products Hmm. uh, and writing reports on the test results. Now, are these the makers of Reynolds Wrap, the aluminum foil, Reynolds Wrap? uh, No, one of of the products was uh, Fruit Punch. Um, What's the one where uh, where the the commercial, uh, they would hit hit the, uh, I can't think of the name of it. not Kool-Aid. No, no, no. In the, in the commercial, they would say punch. Hawaiian punch? Hair. Hawaiian punch? Hawaiian punch. Okay. Yes. All right. one of the products that uh, we were testing. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, then later on in my career, I got a job offer from AT&T, which became Bell South and then went back to AT&T again in Fort Lauderdale, Florida in 1978. Ah. Uh, So that's what brought me to Fort Lauderdale in 1978. I was outside plant engineer for Bell South and AT&T. And in 1985, uh, Jeanette Carroll decided that she was tired of the cold weather in New York and she moved to Fort Lauderdale in South Florida. So uh, just to let people in um, about Vinette Carroll, of course, she, and like I said, please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong because I'm coming from, um, she was attached to two, uh, two theater pieces. One was, Your Arms Are Too Short to Box With God. And the other one was, don't bother me, I can't cope. So, yeah. Yeah, no, so I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out, did she write these? Did she direct these? What was her capacity with these two? She created them and she directed them. In okay. fact, she was the first African-American female to direct a Broadway play. And that first one... Uh, was uh, Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope. And that was 1972. Okay. And and then uh, in 1974, she created and directed uh, Your Arms Too Short to Box with God. Okay. And that, that was in collaboration with Nikki Grant, uh, who wrote songs and lyrics. Um. So, and she was also, again, nominated for uh, Best Director of a Musical in 
1974. For the Tonys. Uh, she had, I beg your pardon? For the Tonys. There was a Tony. Tony Tony Award nomination. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. I can believe it. And that was Lizelle Tommy for the play Eclipsed. Hmm. So for all of those years, those decades, she was the only African-American woman uh, nominated for directing uh, a Broadway play. So now, how did you meet Miss Carol in 85? Oh, Brian C. Smith? Brian C. Smith, yes. Okay. Uh, uh, and that she was holding auditions there. Okay. So I went, I went by and auditioned for her, uh, and she really became very attached to me. Aww. Because, in fact, after that, she always tell me that I was her son. <laughs> that's, how close we, that's how close we became. Oh, great. Uh, Great. And so I was always her escort to to theater openings in South Florida and special events. Uh, but then I became uh, a founding member of her, that Fanet Carroll Repertory Company in so, Fort Lauderdale. Okay, so when did that start? Did that start like a year after she arrived? figure that between uh, when you when she first started the company there came a point where you actually succeeded her in reference to taking over the company so how long well, ago was that that was 2002 that was when she passed in 2002 okay um, Okay. She had never existed before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and that became 
became important also uh, as a fundraiser too, uh, because you know state and local uh, funding uh, loves the idea of training children, right. and preparing them for the arts. Of course. So uh, when I remember, I remember meeting you at an audition at another theater. And you, at that time, the Vinette Carroll Repertory Company was housed in a uh, place that was converted from a church. So, right. so uh, how long were you there before, of course, of, I, I believe the International Film Festival took over the venue? Uh, the Fort Lauderdale Film Festival. Right. Yeah. So while you were, of course, her right hand, um, were you performing anywhere else or were you just basically just, you know, working with Miss Carol at the time? Okay.
been in the children's hour early in her career. All right. Uh, so that was her claim to fame. And the Woman's Showcase started a theater uh, playwriting contest. And for, oh, maybe eight years, we would get hundreds of plays from playwrights around the country. And then we would choose uh, three or four of them to actually do a production of. And I uh, directed many of those plays uh, from the new playwrights uh, contest that was held. And Uh, I remember that is actually where I met you. I met you... Uh, while, like I said, I was auditioning for the White Willis Theater. So my question now becomes, when did Dorothy Willis come into this? Or was she also a part of the Woman's Showcase when it began? Uh, She was on the board of the Woman's Showcase. Okay. Uh, And so as time went on and they got older, uh, she became the co-producer. Uh, and they changed the name first to Anne White Theater, and then uh, because of Dorothy's uh, involvement, it became the White Willis Theater, because Dorothy's last name was Willis. Of course. All right. All right. Uh, and then they moved They moved to Tamarack. They got a space uh, in a shopping center. Yeah. Tamarack. Right. And it was still in existence uh, until the last few years. I hadn't heard anything about them, but uh, of course, uh, Anne White passed first, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Dorothy was very, uh, very old, uh, so you know her, her health started to decline. Of course, uh-huh. and then I remember uh, Bill Schmuckler uh, took over uh, operations right. at that time, and then of course he they changed. He, he changed it to the Tamarack Theater. Uh, of performing arts and they ran a little bit until I from what I gather and you may have a different insight than I do uh, I was told that uh, they decided to raise that strip mall and change it into yes that's what I heard is that they were going to raise raise the entire strip mall so they had to get rid of all the tenants because they wanted to build a shopping center or a Walmart over there. Now, to tell oh, you the okay. truth, to tell you the truth, I haven't been over there since, because I haven't been out that far. Because it was, I know it was on McNabb Road, just north of Commercial Boulevard. And, That's correct. Right. So, unfortunately, I have not ventured out that far to see what had happened. But now that we're bringing back memories, should figure out to see if what they, you know, decided to do with that, that lot. But... Going back to, like, for instance, after Miss Carol did pass, I don't necessarily know whether you changed the name or whether you created an entity on your own because of the Metropolitan Diversity Theater. Uh, well, what happened was uh, when uh, Miss Carol passed in 2002, uh, she said that she no longer wanted the theater to the theater company to carry her name. Mm. Uh, I was on the board of directors for her repertory company. Okay. Uh, And so what we did was to 
is there a reason that she didn't want you know her name to be associated after she was gone well it, it was just because she was just so proud of who she was and her contributions you know so she didn't want another uh company to have her name on it okay okay uh, all right uh, Okay, so did they reach out to you or was this something that, of course, I know it was in the works for quite a while. Um, and as you probably know, I used to work there myself, so I did see you from time to time. But how did that relationship start? Well, uh, well because I'm, I've always been associated with the arts in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, they reached out to me uh, and we talked about it. And, uh, yeah, we made the decision that uh, it, that would be a good marriage. Uh, so over the years, I've, I've uh, done the uh, productions that I've written and directed uh, there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the time that you were here, like, for instance, um, when, you, when you first got here, uh, I know... I mean, the M the M Ensemble uh, was down in Miami, and then you also had the African Heritage Cultural Arts Center, I'm sure, that was doing presentations as well. But uh, as far as what was the black theater scene like compared then to what you saw, you know, coming up before you, you know, went back home? Um, well, uh, when I very first came, I and two other uh, young African Americans started what we call the Black Renaissance Theater. And what we were doing primarily was poetry theater. Uh, There were a number of uh, people that we met in the community who wrote poetry. And uh, we did uh, those original pieces from those that we met in the community with, uh, you know, national uh, poetry by black poets uh, in programs. So we would uh, do programs for different events. And then we started to do some programs that we created ourselves. Uh, 
In 2002, the uh, African American Research Library and Cultural Center got established, and then, of uh, course, you carried along with them as well. So, right. uh, so would you say that your career in South Florida has been steady? Would you say that you've you've never had any yeah. long pauses in between assignments? Yeah. Are you talking the one with Teddy Harold Jr.? Yeah, the African American Performing Arts Community Theater. Yes, yes. Right. Yes. Now, you see, he started out uh, performing in productions at the Vanette Carroll Theater. Right, that's uh, where I met him. Now, currently, he's the uh, assistant center director for the African Heritage Cultural Arts uh, oh, Center. Okay, I, I, I didn't know he had taken on that title. Yes. I knew, knew that he was teaching there. Yes. Uh, okay, great. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he was a theater, uh, theater director, and then he got promoted to assistant uh, center director under great. Marshall Davis. Oh, that's great. That's yes, great. yes. So here comes the crux of this. What after having a steady career of, you know, civilian jobs and theater gigs, what made you decide to go back home? Well, when I reached a certain age (laughs) (laughs) and uh, talking about retirement, uh, because I didn't have any uh, family. I had an extended family there, lots of extended family, uh, but I don't didn't have any real family there, uh, and I decided it was in my best interest to move back to Greensboro, where I have hundreds <laughs> of relatives, because most of my uh, family are still in the area, 
mm. it's the Greensboro, uh, Burlington area. Uh-huh. The, the other reasoning was that Greensboro is a college town, A&T College, Bennett College, UNCG, Guilford College, and a couple others. Um, I can do all the things or continue to do all the things that I've been doing in Fort Lauderdale right here in my hometown. In fact, I, I still have connections uh, with theater uh, and uh, people since my high school days uh, who have been great supporters. Uh, so uh, I'm back here and just recently uh, have taken on the drama guild at my church, my new church, uh, Providence Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and am at the present time uh, doing a uh, poetry piece entitled Our Journey. Uh, so, uh, and uh, very interesting. It's very interesting. Now, does your church have an auditorium of its own? Uh, well, it, it has two. It built a family life center, which has a stage. Uh, it can be converted uh, to a basketball court hmm. or, you know, to the stage. Uh, and then it has a fellowship hall, which also has a small stage. And that's where we're doing the uh, poetry theater piece. So you would say that your church has an arts ministry, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it has a theater. It's called the uh, Drama Guild. Okay. what it's called. Okay. Uh, and the uh, the couple who headed it for years uh, because of uh, health concerns have had to uh, give it up within the last year. Mm. Okay. Uh, so as the church says that I'm a god sin because <laughs> you know uh, otherwise the the uh, drama guild would have stopped if I had not come along when I did. Now, are they providing any type of honorarium or compensation, or are you doing just as this as a labor of love? Oh, no, this is a labor of love. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Okay. Nothing wrong with that at all. Well, of course, yeah. And, of course, you know I've, I've written a number of plays, and I plan to uh, get in touch with the uh, black student associations at the local colleges and try to do some productions with them on the college campuses too. So now I know that now I know that North Carolina has a couple of regional theater companies. I believe Playmakers Rep is there and then I think there's a uh, unfortunately I don't I know that there's like I said, I know that there's a couple of uh, regional theater companies there, but as far as Greensboro goes, uh, how 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 fluent would you say, or how you know vibrant would you say is the arts community in Greensboro? I know you said it's a college town. Oh, very vibrant! In fact, they just built a uh, five thousand seat tanger. Art Center, which is opening next month uh, with the Broadway series, uh, and they'll also be doing opera there. Uh, so it's very, a very vital 
Great. Great. Just like uh, the Porgy and Bats is already scheduled there uh, this coming November. Okay. All right. So I figured that this was something that was in your calling for quite a long time. Um, what would you say the cost of living is up there compared to South Florida? It's much cheaper, especially real estate and uh, apartment rental. Mm-hmm. It's much cheaper. Hmm. Uh, Mm. And uh, I'm and uh, what are the summers like? Summers are beautiful here. Uh, it's not as hot as South Florida, uh, but it's uh, very very comfortable summers here in North Carolina. So, do you figure that sometime you'll probably you know pay a visit to come down south once in a while? Well, it's nice to know that your reputation is cemented here in the South Florida arts community. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank well, you. I've worked in it so long. Uh, I've done so many things in so many capacities mm-hmm. in South Florida. And, uh, yeah, it's good to know. Yes. Well, once again, I'd like to thank you again for taking this time out to speak with me. And I wish you much success where you are now. Of course. Well, thank you so much for that. All right. My pleasure. That was Tony Thompson, and this was the Kevin Johnson program. Once again, thank you so much for taking a listen to the stories of our creative community here in South Florida and beyond. You can find us on anchor.fm forward slash kevjohnpro. Thank you very much for taking the time out to listen. And as always, support your local community. Take care.